we're switching gears. Are you ready? Relationships. You're like, you just said that wrong. Relationships. Relationships. Don't you wish sometimes that people would be more real? Anybody feel this way? Do you ever wish that people would just be more transparent? Do you ever wish that people would get real about things in life, that they would talk and have real conversations? Do you ever wish that people would just say what they mean? Right? You know what I'm saying by that? Does it not frustrate you? It frustrates me like crazy. Again, you look at social media outlets, you look at news, you look at all this stuff. It's jaded, it's tattered, it's broken, it's people. It's people. And it's time for us as a church to get real about stuff. Not just the foundry, not just you and me, but the church as a whole to get real about things, right? So in this series, you know, looking at our world in which we live and all the stuff that's totally messed up around us in many different ways, we're going to get real about some stuff, okay? I want to get real about things that are important to us. Let's get real about God, our relationship with him. You're like, didn't we kind of do that with the whole I am and I am, remember, with greater? It's a little bit different because we're talking about today our relationship with God outside of anything else, any other person, just us and him in this way. Not the necessary benefits that we are I am, the lowercase, if you remember from greater, that we are because of him. It's before Moses. It's before those stories. It's the beginning, the beginning. And we're going to be coming out of the book of Genesis to start out. How many of you guys, okay, again, we talked about those one-year Bibles. You start in the year with Genesis, man, you are just gung-ho. You're like, yes, in the beginning, you're just like quoting it, right? You're just going through the whole creation story. You're talking about Adam and Eve, and you're talking about Cain and Abel, and you're like, I love this stuff. And then all of a sudden, a month later, you just, what was I doing again? You forget. We're going to go back to what is so common, what is so understood, but sometimes it's not so real to us. Because we haven't allowed or we have forgotten the reality of our relationship between God and us. You're like, this is juvenile. Look, bear with me on this. Also, pray that God would give you new insight as you hear these scriptures. Because I'm telling you, this is monumental. This is a big deal. Why? Because we're talking about our existence. We're talking about our origin. Okay, any of you guys ever looked online at anything like Ancestry.com? Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever done that? Okay. The demographic, the most common demographic for that is females 55 and older who are at home, okay? Literally, when you look at the research. This is a big industry figuring out genealogies. Did you know that? Anybody? Commercials are nonstop. I go to research it just to get some good statistics last night, and all of a sudden, everything I looked at from then on was like, Ancestry.com, Genealogy.com. You know how the web does that to you? It's like they're trolling you, and they're like, well, let me see what I can do to make you buy Ancestry.com. I did it once. I did the free thing, and then what they do is they send you stuff. They send you little things to bite on. Did you know that? They send you, well, did you know that you may be from Great Britain? And you're like, no! You know, and then you just like, $75 right now, you know? I want to know more about me! But don't we want to? Isn't that normal? Did you know, and this is very sad to say, that genealogies and ancestries and all these things are researched second, the most second research thing online. Number one, porn, sadly. But genealogies, the number, people want to know where they've come from. 
So do you think it's by mistake or by chance that there's so much uproar about creation? Listen, I am not a scientist, creationist. Like I'm not, this, is re- this was hard, trust me, ask Kara. This was a really hard one for me. Listen, I, I have a bachelor's degree. I am not anything special whatsoever, but I love the word of God and I love what God says in it. And, and this creation thing is a big deal. And I know that the enemy would want us to doubt our point of origin. And I know that this is a big deal because we know how much scrutiny it comes under and also how much doubt on our part can be a part of this whole beginning of things. Do you want to know where you came from? Absolutely. This is important to understand the first and most primary relationship, God and us. God and us. Okay. Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay, so as I was even talking about this to my kids, we have a lot of table conversation together, and we've tried to be even more diligent on this. We have questions come up. Well, well who was there before God, Dad? <laughs> Good question, my child, you know? Or, well, who made God? So he's like hovering over the waters. What was he doing? Was he just like air surfing or something? You know how kids, this is how I read the Bible too. I'm wondering, what, what was this all about? There comes a point, and this is why there's such a big attack on this, because it's our faith factor. There comes a point in our lives when we do not know everything about everything. Do you ever feel that way? You just want to know. Is anybody? I do, though. I, I, again, I'm not this great uh, postgraduate this and doctoral that, but I want to learn more all the time. All the time I want to learn more, and I want to know why I believe what I believe. But here's the thing. In this, God is trying to create faith within us, okay? And what we're going to do is go from the understanding and perspective that we, we believe, we really believe at the deepest heart of us that this was God creating this thing, and then we're going to read from Scripture. Are you ready? Okay. Genesis 1, 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down to 26 through 31, and then go to chapter 2. Sometimes Scriptures are broken up, um, not by chapter. Uh, they're broken up by chapter, but sometimes they overlap. You need to read further and further, okay? So listen to me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You're already like, I just read this in the beginning of January. Go with me, okay? Now the earth was formless and empty. Just picture this. Again, I want you to put on your five-year-old imagination caps, okay? Because again, after five years old, we begin to just live in reality and we forget. Imagine this. Imagine in the beginning. There's literally no definitive time on the beginning. Did you know that? No definitive time. When did it start? I don't know. I don't know when the beginning was. The beginning was the beginning. That was the beginning of the beginning. It was the beginning. That's what it was. It was the beginning. The beginning. Like when your kids are asking, well, when was the beginning in the beginning? In the beginning. Was the beginning in the beginning? It was the beginning. From New Guinea. Okay. Papua New Guinea. Now the earth was formless and empty. Think about that. Just like, I just, I don't know how to wrap my mind around this, which is great because it, it just lends to the majesty of God, okay? Formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, okay? It's like you're looking and you're trying to find even defining matters within the earth and there's nothing. It's just, it's nothing but God, nothing but God, okay? And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You kind of picture him like, do you ever, anybody with me on that? Or is it just me? Guys, I'm telling you, you got to read like this. It's so much fun. You'll actually like reading the Bible again, okay? The Spirit of God is hovering just like, 
flying around and just looking at everything, okay? And then we see him begin to create things, to create things. How cool is this? There is nothing better. I love to work with my hands. I love to build stuff. I love it. Kara's like, no, you don't because you don't do it enough. I have this thing I want you to build. I have that thing. Which she's like, liar, blasphemer. But I love to build stuff. I really do. But the thing is, I build stuff with other stuff. We see God creating out of nothing, out of nothing. And then we see again, as you heard this, let there be. And he speaks. How cool is that? How cool is that that he speaks? Look, get excited about it again like you were a kid. You won created the earth. Listen, he said light to separate light and darkness on day one. Now, remember, I want you to understand this. There's a couple different theories when it comes to the day, not a literal 24 and maybe not a literal day age where they talk about. It could be hundreds. It could be thousands. We don't know. But what we're doing is understanding that we believe this was something that God was talking about then. And we'll see it all in the end. Okay. You don't know everything about everything, but what we're learning about here is his love. Day two, an expanse sky and water. So you see him hovering and all of a sudden sky and water and it just snaps into place. Are you with me? So you look outside and you see the sky and you see the water. You're like, this is pretty amazing. Okay. The water's separated at this point. Day three, land and seas. You see all of a sudden land starting to pop up. Right? Can you picture that with me? How cool would it be? And God's like, whoa, you know, and let there whoa, and raw. Anybody see that? You guys, your life is terrible, okay? I'm just kidding. And then the waters begin to gather in the places that we know maybe to this day. I don't know exactly. And then day four, sun, moon, and stars. I mean, there's nothing better than looking at the stars, right? Right, Kara? Nothing better than looking at the stars. But why did he do this? Why did he do this sun? Why did he do this moon? Why did he do this stars? Because God, and this is so crazy to think about, God that exists outside of time wanted to create time so that we can know days, months, years, and I love this word, seasons, so that we can go to the beach and hear that whoosh, whoosh, right? Because of the moon. So that we can go to the mountain places that we love of West Virginia. Come on, somebody. All right? Stop it. And you look as the sun is setting over that mountain range. You're like, oh, oh, oh. No, it's, it's only going down. It's not popping back up. But you see that visual of the sun setting, separating all of these things so that we can understand time and that things will change. Okay? You see that. And then we see on day five, fish and birds to fill what he has created, the waters and the sky, you know, the born free, you know what I'm saying by that? And the dolphins, you know, jump. that's what he was doing. How cool is creation? You're like, I, I, get, I just want to go to the zoo and the aquarium today. I want to see it again. Okay. And then we see day six. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful, okay? Not necessarily the animals part because they make a lot of mess, but he filled the earth with them, right? He created them. He filled them, from, created them from the ground, okay? But then you see this, this beautiful thing, man and woman. Look at that. To care for the earth, but here's the greatest reason why he did this. This is why he created everything else so that we could commune with him. So that we 
could be the object of his affection. How beautiful is a sunset? It is. But that's not the object of his affection. How amazing is it to ride a wave onto the beach with your buggy board? Amazing. How wonderful is it to take a, t- take a walk along the beach and look at those stars and the moon as it reflects off? Amazing. But that's not the object of his affection. Are you listening to me here? It's you. It's you. And this is why we're going back to the beginning. Because this is where it all started. This was the reason for everything. You. All of you. Every single one of you. Verse 26. And then we see this. Now remember, this is also played out in chapter 2 later on where we see the account of Adam and Eve being formed. Okay? Then God said, let us, let us make mankind in our image. Man and woman is what he's talking about here. Mankind, okay? In our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Listen to this. So God created. So let's do this. Hey, guys, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, some believe that in this way. At the beginning, it talks about the plurality of God. where It starts the idea of Trinity. Again, it's unexplicitly written in Scripture, the triune God, but we see Father, Son, Holy Spirit throughout. And being that we have the whole word of God, we see it even more. Okay? But this us is also referring to the majesty as well. Okay? But you see this. Let us make man in our image so he. Think about this. So then God created mankind in his own image, and the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Picture this as God is giving this mandate. Listen, mankind, man and woman, all of this, okay? Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath, the breath, talking about life, the breath in it, okay, the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that he had made God saw, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on this sixth day. And then we go to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. I know we've heard this a lot, but sit back for a moment and just look. In your mind, only our imagination can create such things. Such a visual of the heavens and the earth and their vast array. The green lusciousness, if you will, of, of a jungle, you know? Uh, you look at a desert even and how amazing it is. You look at the oceans and you look at the birds and you look at the animals. Of, you look at all of this and you're like, this is amazing. God is amazing. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This morning, we're talking about the beginning, the start of it all. 
before anything else happened, the beginning did. And we're talking about this love relationship that God was creating as he was creating us. An opportunity to pour his love out on us. An opportunity to create someone, not just something, that would reciprocate the love back the beginning. So here's a few things that I want us to glean from this, and then we'll leave today. I believe changed in understanding that God is love in a whole new way. All right? First thing is this. God made us in his image. And you see that? You, you heard this already, that he made mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Think about this. Just the idea of God creating us out of some dirt and some breath. Does that ever floor you? Obviously, we're old enough to know how babies are made. Everybody gets that, okay? You're like, (laughs) that'll be a part of your premarital counseling, okay? (laughs) If you don't know, Jordan will talk about it, okay? I thought it was holding hands. Well, just keep believing that. Yes, it's holding hands. That's what it is. That's how, no. Think about being created from absolutely, really, nothing. But the breath of God and the dirt of the world. Does that not bog your mind? Does that just, but then also on top of that, that he created, but he also created us in his image. What does this mean? Does it mean you look like God? No, God's way better looking than this. Right? I don't know what he looks like. I've never seen him. But the thing is this. It's not that we have these characteristics of him as far as looks and beautiful long gray locks like Charlton Heston when he got the Ten Commandments. That's what I always picture God as. Anybody else do that? Are you with me on that? You're like, Moses. That's God. No. We're made in his image and his likeness so that we can reflect him. Don't you think it's kind of ironic that people are always trying to deface the image of God in this way? Because why? They're trying to deface the image of you. You are the reflection of his idea, his goal, his purpose was to make you so that you could reflect him. We learned this last week about worship, how important it is to spend time in worship. Why? Because we become more like him. Think about it. When we worship him, we know him standing and we reflect him better. What a beautiful understanding that he made us in his image. We can go really far with this and really deep and this could take years. But understand this, understand this. You were made in the image of God. Male and female from the beginning was his idea. And this is why I see this under attack in so many ways. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? You're a child of God. We talked about that before, but remember it again today. Made in his image, in his likeness to be like him on this earth. Okay? Again, we could go further with it, but we'll stop there. Second is this. God blessed us with authority. You're like, you talk about this authority thing a lot. Yeah, because you know what? From the beginning, it was under attack. From the beginning, the identity of you as a believer was under attack and understanding that, do I really have authority in this life? Read with me. You see this. Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said to them, and I love this part, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. He blessed it. He put his hands upon it, upon 
you and said, be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because they were starting this whole thing called the human race. How does that happen? You know, fifth grade taught you that. All right? An understanding, be fruitful. Look, subdue this, take over. You have authority over all of this that I've created for you. Why? Because I love you. You are the object of my affection. You're my child, and I've given you authority. So let me ask you, do you think you have authority over other things as well? Fear? Fear? Absolutely. Temptation? Absolutely. Anxiety? Absolutely. Now, I know there's also a lot of medical things to all these things I'm talking about as well. Okay, I get it, and I believe in 110%. But what I'm saying by this is an understanding, who are you in him? You are a child of God that has authority. A good reminder, right? An understanding that you have authority over darkness because when he created light, okay, he taught us then at that moment in the world to be governed, to govern darkness as well, okay? Authority. Third thing is this, God is a provider. <coughs> Excuse me. God is a provider. Genesis 1, 29 through 30. Then God said, and <laughs> this is a funny scripture. This is one that, you know, you hear this a lot. God has given us every seed bearing plant, man. What do you hear that? All the time. Listen, it's, we'll get to this in just a moment. I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. Bob Marley's like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. They will be yours for food. Oh, not for puff, puff, give, but for food. Oh, you know, that's true. Let's get right. And to all the beasts of the earth, green plant, birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Is there, how many of you guys like fruit for real? How many of you like fruit? Favorite fruit? Banana, maybe? Cherries. What'd you say? Blueberries? Strawberries? Strawberries. Throw me strawberries. Ripe strawberries. Oh, peaches. Oh. He didn't say go out there and listen, get a cut in your mouth. He said, grab you something from the tree, something sweet, something good that has seeds in it. Why? Because it'll produce later too. If you plant it, and you'll get more and more and more. God loves you so much. I know this sounds stupid, but we forget that he didn't make you like the beasts of the field. He made you as the object of his affection so that you can stand up on your own two feet and say that God has provi provided for me. God has given me this. He has made it happen for me, and he's given me all this. Now, there's, there's some sidebar understanding because we also see later in Scripture that he also gave them meat and stuff. You remember that as well. In the beginning, it may be understood. It may be implied that from the beginning, because we were over everything as it was, that if you're like, hello, Peter Colton, you know, you had a bunny too. But what I'm saying is this. At the start of it, fruit, vegetables, things with seeds that would then produce life as well. Why? Because God is a provider. Isn't that great? What an understanding that God will provide for you, that you will walk into his provision. Isn't that amazing to think about? That you will walk into a life that is already making life sustainable for you. Just pop it off from the tree, eat it up. God is a provider. God made us, and I love this, Genesis 131, this is where you see the, the, the apex of this conversation 
God made us very good. Everything else he was like, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's good right there. And then he's like, all of a sudden, oh, man, that is very good. This is why I did it all for this. Mankind, man and woman. Look at them. We see it in chapter two more, but look at them. Look how they talk with one another. There wasn't a helper that was suitable for Adam. That's why I brought Eve out of him, bone of bone, flesh of flesh. This is why I did this. And look at them. Hey, guys, look at this. Us, us, come here. Look at this. Look at them. Look at the love that they share. I created that love. That was me. This is why I did this. This is why I created all this for them to enjoy, was so that this could have, this is very good. Why do you think this is under attack? Because it's very good. The enemy does not like good. He doesn't like very good, even more so. We're going to talk about that more next week, okay? Because it's good. God created this, and he looked at you, and he said, you are very, very good. And this is going to probably hit more than than less in a major way because this is going to be a real prayer point, I think, in just a few minutes. Very good. You are very, says that, but you're not okay. You're not mediocre. You are very good when he looks at you. He, he says that, that right there, that girl, that guy, very good. That is the best thing that I could ever do. That child of me, that's very good. And what does the enemy say? You're not good at all. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares. Creation, there's so many ways you think about this. Was it even real? Did we just evolve? He jumps in your mind. Did it just happen over time? What was it? Was it a literal day? Are you going to believe it then if it's not a literal day? All I know is this. When he saw me then, he said, it's very good. I'm very good. And the last thing I think is very important, he gives us the example is this. God teaches us to rest. Rest, yes. Sabbath, why? So that we can bring worship back to him, so that we can bring the fullness of his desire of a creation who was created to worship him. Why? Not because he's this God that says, you worship me. No, because we appreciate all that he made. We look back over the last six days over our lives and we say, God, you are so worthy. I will rest on this day, but I will also rest in you. You're my source strength. You are the place that I run to. You are the one that I love back. I'll rest in that. God, I know what people have said about me. I know what life has thrown at me. I know all the things that I felt, but you said I'm very good. You love me. I will rest in that. Are you with me? Why do you think this story is so significant? Because the enemy has fought it from the beginning to make it absolutely insignificant. Because you are the pinnacle, the apex of this story, his creation. God loves you that much. God loves you that much. Before he even sent Jesus, and then before he even sent his Holy Spirit, you know what I mean, the progression that we see throughout Scripture, he was showing us that he, the top, the head of it all, if you will, loves you. And you are very good. We're going to close with a song of worship. I want to challenge you this morning. If you feel like, I don't feel good at all sometimes, let alone very good. I feel like this is a major struggle for me when I think about my relationship with him and this love that I'm supposed to understand. This is a struggle for me. I feel like the enemy has attacked this understanding of who I am as a child of God, right? This is real stuff. This is a real relationship that we have to talk about. Us and God, God 
and us. Have you loved him back with the same love that he's loved you? That's the question. And what holds you back from giving him back the love that he first gave you? Bow your heads with me this morning. I want to challenge you, first and foremost, with the question, have you given everything to him? We may have started that way together this morning. As you said, I give you my heart. You may have rededicated yourself or, or asked Jesus to come into your life for the first time. So significant because it's you giving God ownership of your life again. The most important decision, the most important relationship that you can ever have is the one with God. And there's no way to him but through the son, through Jesus. Have you done that? But also, have you forgotten your first love? I remember I was like, probably like 13, 14. Nothing compared to the love I have now, obviously. But I remember my first love. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel these feelings in my heart? Why do I feel the butterfly? What's wrong with me? Do you remember that time you had with God? The first time you realized his love for you, that he said, you're very good. I don't care what the enemy has said. I care all that's happened. I do care about those things, but I don't care what he said because he's a liar. You are very good. You are valuable. You are made in my image. And I love you. When was the last time? When was the last time? I know we think of this Hallmark holiday and the ooey gooey love stuff that comes with it. My goal was to love my wife every day. It's not going to take a card on the 14th of February to prove it. God wants your love every day. Every single day. That's what will sustain your relationship. You loving him back. For God so loved that he gave. Give yourself back. This morning, Jesus, being that we have the New Testament as well as the Old, we have a new covenant understanding that you came as a once and for all sacrifice. We submit, we give ourselves to you. We say, here we are, God. Here's my heart. Here's every part of who I am and who I will ever be. I give myself to you. I give you control. That's the first step. The second is this. Lord, do we understand how good we are in you? When's the last time we went back and revisited the joy of our salvation and the understanding of who we are in you? We are very good because you said so. We are more than conquerors because Jesus made a way. We are your children because we love you back. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. So if you would stand with me this morning. My challenge is this. If you would like prayer for anything, our number one goal is to always, always equip the saints for the work of ministry, which means the person to the left or your right is your number one ally, the friend that came with you, who will be with you. I am not 
in your classes when you're at school. I'm not at your job when you're there throughout the day. I am in many other places. Chances are you know these people around you a little bit better. Chances are they could be the ones that can pray with you, someone that you're in a connect group with, someone that you're in a small group with at school. Take a moment and say, this is what happened in my life today. Why? Because there's power in your story and your testimony of what Jesus did. Have them pray with you, okay? If you don't have anybody, totally fine. As we're singing, you could slide this way, or as people leave today, you could come up even then. I would love to pray with you. I would love to agree with you and journey with you on this, okay? So let's sing together and let's worship God with the understanding that he has made us very good and we are worthy to praise him back, okay? Let's do that. You give life, you are love.